This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast is sponsored by Siberia Bar and Hotel on Bellman Street, Aberdeen. Located only 30 seconds walk away from the nearest bus stop, taking supporters to Pataudry for free on match days. Siberia Bar and Hotel is open seven days a week, all year round, and get fired in with our exclusive discounts. Head to the bar and quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pound of Foster's, a £4 for a pint of Moretti or Dark Fruits, or £5 for a pint of Fierce or a Daiquiri any day of the week, including match days. Come on, you Reds. Red slight of foot there. Hello and welcome along to a live episode of the ABZ Football Podcast. Uh, I'm Gary Scott. Joining me for this one it is Gavin J. Baxter. Gav, how's it going? Recording a lot this week. <laughs> we really are. Very different uh, things to talk about. Lots of different emotions. Um, yeah, um, yeah, a mixture. A mixture of emotions. Saddened, but also, yeah, mightily relieved. Yes, indeed. Convened here live on Wednesday afternoon for a minute to discuss our third managerial sacking in our podcasting history, as it was confirmed this morning that Barry Robson and assistant Steve Agnew had been dismissed from Aberdeen Football Club exactly one year and one day since he was appointed interim manager after Jim Goodwin was dismissed. Uh, Robson, of course, our 25th permanent manager, depending on how you class. Paul Hegarty leaving us after what has been a horrendous last few months, leaving with a record of played 49, 120, drawn 11, lost 18, 465 against 68. That's a win percentage of 41% across all competitions in the league. Played 36, 115, drawn 7, lost 14, 445 against 50. That's a win percentage of 42% across all competitions. That, of course, includes both his spells as interim manager and since he was appointed permanent. Of course, the Dons currently sitting 8th in the league this season after the 1-1 draw with Dundee last night. Now, normally, Gab, we were expecting to try and record either tonight or tomorrow to talk about the, the Dundee game. Obviously, now events have superseded us somewhat so we maybe don't need to do too much chat about that one but um this one has been coming for some time this uh sacking so your initial reactions uh this morning when the news finally dropped um you know initially we we hear the chat that there's going to be crunch talks between himself and the board this morning and of course the last time that happened with an Aberdeen manager in this time of the year uh they decided that Goodwin was worth another another game so given how much loyalty they've shown to Robson I still expected them to give him a little bit more time um the fact that we have two difficult games against the old firm uh, made me think that maybe they'll give Goodwin give him the Goodwin treatment of putting him out to slaughter and he can take the, the defeats and then we can look at bringing in a new manager um so the fact that's happened left me a little bit surprised but yeah, relieved that it has uh, finally happened. It's, it's too late in the day for my liking. Um, I think this has been on the cards. People have seen this coming for too long. Um, so to have acted this late, you know, the 31st of January, last day of the transfer window, whoever comes in is not going to have any time to bring in a few players of their own, uh, make their own mark on the team. They'll have to just work with whatever they, 
whatever they have. Um, but yeah, I'm saddened because I think, first of all, what I would just say is that Robson is responsible. He was at the helm for the best stretch of the Davy Cormac era being the second half of last season. Uh, that's... <laughs> doesn't need to be that big a stretch to be fair to, to classify as that but never mind it is what it is and he deserves credit for what he did in turning the team around last season uh from where we were to finishing third place and you know it felt like he was bringing the connection back with the supporters and the club and for it to have gone so far so far south so wrong in such a short space of time it's really difficult to rationalize how it's happened um i'm disappointed I'm just looking at some of the chat comments already. Jamie, I'm presuming this is Bobby Soggy Biscuit just um, saying, all right, lads, happy Robson, get the fuck day to you all. <laughs> um, so there we go, another day in the calendar. Um, thanks to everyone also who's joining us just now on the live. I mean, you just touched on a little bit there, Gav, as well, timing. I mean, um, this has been on the cars now for, depending where you were in your life cycle about... Um, Barry Robson this has been coming for at least two or three months potentially longer um, once again though I talked about it on the BBC pod earlier on that same second year in a row now we come into the last two days of the transfer window we've just chastened our manager um, what the fuck um, yeah the the 4th January window in a row where you're left questioning what the hell is going on I mean obviously McInnes his last uh, window when we sell Cosgrove and Wright and bring in a bunch of jabronis to replace them. Um, you know, Glass didn't get the help that he was crying out for uh, last season. Obviously, we leave it too late. Um, get Oli at the wheel. Hey, why the fuck not? Um, <laughs> last window, you know, um, Goodwin was a dead man walking for long before we eventually pulled the trigger. And I think I made mention on the last show that for me, Sitmiran was probably at the time when the point of no return for Robson. Now I think about like Kilmarnock actually at home was the, the point of no return. And I just find part of the wording of the statement, you know, confusing because to me it sort of reads as if to say that if we'd beaten Dundee last night then everything was fine and we yeah. continue on. Um, So uh, it's just, it's just it's such a day-to-day, game-by-game way of approaching uh, running the football club. Um, We, many fans out there, I've seen the problems we've been calling out for a long time now and there was no chance of rectifying it and the very fact it's almost fitting that in a way that 1-1 draw at Dundee 20 minutes to go needing a goal to win the game and he's still stuck with the five at the back uh, you've got to admire the guy's commitment to his philosophy um, yeah, <laughs> yeah this is just it's been a shambles the last six months especially and I'm just, yeah, the timing is very confusing. Yeah, uh, we maybe touch on a little bit, you know, more of the kind of fundamental structural issues I think there might be um, that we need to talk about. But where did it all go wrong for Robson, do you think? I mean, you touched on it. Obviously, we, we were on the high coming into the, this campaign after what happened at the back end of last season. Um, but we've been a shadow of that team that, that, that charged up the league. I mean... There was, I think, I think I remember us talking about this over the summer that it was going to be interesting to see how Robson would evolve as a manager because there was that kind of general feeling that he couldn't couldn't continue trying to play the same football week in, week out that he had done that got him the gig in the first place. Um, but he just simply didn't do that. Um, where did it go wrong? Um, I think in a 
big way it went started to go wrong when McCrory left and when Matty Pollock and Liam Scales left um, and then when Ramadani left again in the summer and if he saw the way that we approached the second half of last season as being the right way to go about things that's all well and good but he needed to bring in like for like replacements um, I think we have said before I think we dilly-dallied for too long in waiting for Scales and, and Pollock um, and sabotage the beginning of our season quite simply and then we haven't replaced McCrory. I think Devlin's been a good piece of business but I still don't think he provides the same kind of outlet that Ross McCrory did and we never replaced Ramadani with anything uh, resembling a like-for-like um, replacement so that's there so that the 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 commitment the stubbornness over the formation combined with not having the right personnel that's what's killed him and the stubbornness i think the stubbornness just to completely recognize that what he was trying or what he was attempting to do just wasn't working the stubbornness and yeah then you just have to look at this is where you talk more about a structural thing but you have to look at the recruitment because by and large the players we've brought in just haven't been up to the scratch yeah um where do we go from here in the short term? Obviously, Peter Levin um, and Scott Anderson have been put in interim charge of training, which is an interesting phrase in the uh, statement as well, which indicates that they may not be in charge for games coming up. Um, that would indicate they've maybe got someone in mind for the next couple of games. Um, Craig Sampson has also managed to somehow hang on by the skin of his uh, teeth to, the, to a job as well at this moment in time. What do you think we'd see in the short term? lot of chat today about the fact Neil Warwick's already been sounded out um I'm completely in the dark and I wouldn't even dare to hazard a guess what our um distinguished FMB are are planning here um I think they're as surprised as anyone that they've had to make this call today and I don't think for a second there's contingencies in place so they'll be I'm sure scouring the the market to see who's available and I expect a short-term appointment, someone to carry us through to the end of the season, and then hopefully we can be more prepared. But then the thing that'll, the danger there will be that we'll bring in someone for a short-term. He'll do a decent enough job, get the gig on a full-time three-year basis, and then, well, um, we'll see you again next year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's talk about that in a minute or two. Let's just look at the list at the moment, the current bookies runners and riders at the moment and this is depressing af i'm not gonna lie i mean at the moment you've got neil warnock two to one favorite um this will be for that kind of gig where he you know he's manager for x number of games um and obviously there is a lot of chat about him being brought in potentially as, as an interim alex neil six to one stephen robinson six to one tony doherty six to one um Derek mckinnis 10 to 1 this is the worst thing about every time we sack a manager this the Derek McInnes thing just comes back around again it's like can we just let that go at some point uh, Nathan Jones 10 to 1 Stephen Kenny 10 to 1 how the fuck that's happened then Neil Lennon at 12 to 1 that's your kind of top your top set according to the bookies right now is there anyone there that tickles your balls Gav um you don't want to know who my choice of that eight would be who out of that who would be your choice uh, it, I mean if that if that's the only eight people that I can appoint, <laughs> yeah. If that was that was it, it, then it would be Derek McInnes. But I'm well aware that that <laughs> ship has sailed. That's not going to happen. But uh, yeah, that's a depressing AF short list of uh, potential managers. I mean, I don't know why you would think about appointing the Colossus of Boggle Road. <laughs> oh no, I don't know. No idea. No idea. 
Um, um, I've made my feelings on Alex Neal perfectly clear in the past. Um, Stephen Robinson, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe not. Stephen Kenny, Neil Lennon, no thank you. Nathan Jones, the ex-Stoke and Southampton manager, is an atrocity. And it's 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 far too early in Tony Doherty's uh, time to consider him. Uh, no, Barry, Malky McKay is not an option either. Thank you very much. No, um, definitely not. Yeah, it has to be... In my ideal scenario, no, it's not John Hughes either. <laughs> I, do love, I do love this. This is very good. Who do yeah. you want then? That's the thing. I, I, I have no, I have no suggestions here because for me, it should be someone off the radar. Um, I suspect we'll go down a tried and trusted route because I don't think the board have the imagination or the gumption to go out, out with the market and be you know, Charlie yeah. Mogrew's 20 to 1 on some bookie site apparently <laughs> fucking hell Mark Robbins at Coventry I mean it, not a bad ship I think he's probably destined for uh, higher paying gigs than uh, than Aberdeen I don't know I honestly I don't see I have no uh, I have no real answer there's no one in the Scottish game right now who's doing such a job that makes me think that's a guy to go for there's no one off the top of my head in England that I could see who's attainable um and like i said i think it should be someone out with the bubble of even uh, british football with um with no inbuilt inferiority complex over yeah, yeah. where aberdeen should be or who any where any team in scotland should be if they're not rangers or celtic well it's an interesting point i mean this is what always happens is when this happens you'll get somebody like kevin i'm not i'm not picking on you just because you're the one that's commented on it um who will then go who do you want then it's like well right now i, I honestly don't know because there's no there's no standout candidate in the Scottish Premiership that I look at and go, yeah, that would be a, a cast iron guarantee of stability, if nothing else. Um, and I'm kind of in the same mode as you. I'm in the same mode as I was at this point last year, where I want us to do something a bit different. I'd like us to take some of the money that we invest in, you know, jobbers like Papi Habib Gay and invest in appointing a proper manager um, and not a rookie. Uh, somebody with a track record of attempting to play the type of football that we're promised we're going to see and that has a track record of success in it. Now that is all very aspirational stuff and you might find it very difficult to, to tick every single one of those boxes but I think there's definitely opportunities out there. There's there's a, a growing list of managers in the Scandinavian countries in particular who are performing very well at clubs which are similarly sized to us um, that would be worth considering and looking at. I mean, my choice last time has, has gotten our gig, unfortunately, so that's going to be what it is. But there's a number of different options out there. <clears throat> there is. Um, Neil D has asked, what's Henry Apple up to? Uh, we looked into this before. I believe he's coaching at a university in America, and I think we couldn't establish if he's coaching soccer. So uh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, Jumbo Jet's right. Warnock wouldn't be scared of the Glasgow teams. I'm sure he'd relish the scrap, but I mean... He might talk about too much Glasgow Rangers chat, though, for my liking. Seven, so, seventy-five-year-old uh, Neil Warnock. I don't know. That doesn't scream to me to be the. Uh, well, this is an interesting point. Let's say that. But this might be an interesting point, and this might be, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. Why Warnock might be an interesting candidate for this is because Robson leaving. That's I tweeted this out earlier on. It's the first domino that had to fall clearly, but he's nothing more than a symptom of what is a much, much larger problem at the club at the moment. I mean, it shouldn't just be Barry Robson's seat that's being empty at this moment in time. There should be some other people as well, fundamentally, whose seats are 
being emptied at this moment in time. So is it maybe now the right time to find someone who's willing to take the gig for just a six month period and is happy just to do six months? They're not in it for the long term with a view to sorting the fucking shit up that is above the manager's chair, getting the right people in the right seats to set the vision, the strategy, the philosophy and all the buzzwords we want and then look for a manager who, who meets all that criteria. Um, yeah, this is the part where I feel like it's Groundhog Day and I'm standing opposite Chris Harvey at Cormac Park talking about what to do after Jim Goodwin is eventually uh, relieved of his duties. Um, yeah, the issues at the club go well beyond uh, Barry Robson, Steve Agnew, Craig Sampson, Peter Levin, you know, whoever the coaching team may be. It went beyond Jim Goodwin and it went beyond Stephen Glass. Um, all the conversation we're having right now, it's... For me, it's 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 almost meaningless uh, because if we continue with the way that we're approaching how to organize this club, we're just going to be in the same situation again in a year's time. Um, you can't. We need to have a serious conversation with ourselves about what kind of club we want to be, and if we're going to really, really stick to this brave new world, or if we're going to just revert to type and give a manager, you know, control of the football club again. If we don't have a philosophy, it needs to run through the entire football club, not just the first team, and it can't chop and change whenever, you know, it's not going well immediately or if we have to think about a new coach. And the person that is responsible, the person that um, designs and carries out that that view is the director of football. And we have one who's been overseeing two and a half years now of just... Uh, disastrous results poor football that's leading to fans not even becoming angry just becoming apathetic about the club um my very real concern is that i'm just not sure that the people who are at the top of aberdeen football club have the self-awareness or willingness to look inwards at their own faults before talking about where we go from there as regards to new manager new players etc etc yeah, I'm just looking through the chat as well. Scott's asking where did the uh, HJK Helsinki manager go? Uh, Tony Korkrenos. Uh, he didn't actually. He hasn't picked up a gig yet, as far as I'm aware. Um, he's still not got something. One of the names that's certainly been doing the rounds this afternoon and uh, it's been piquing some interest, I think, from people is um, Jimmy Thillen. He's um, also had a very, very impressive time in charge at Elfsburg. Um, came second in the Alsman scan last season, just behind Molda. Um, Certainly a very intriguing kind of shout. Um, his football style is certainly interesting, perhaps in a slightly unusual one. Um, it would be quite interesting to have a look at him in a little bit more detail, I think, from from the club's perspective. This is like what I was talking about earlier on, though, where you have a... There's a number of different options, I think, particularly in the Scandinavian leagues, where there are really decent-looking coaches with decent prospects, I think, in a number of leagues, you know, obviously like Eric Corinland as well, um, SK Brand, there's there's options there. And maybe that might not be the worst league to be considering or work leagues to be considering looking at. Um, yeah, I, I would just like to say, Barry in the chat, can you just confirm that you're not by Robson? <laughs> he said he's take, he'll take it. So maybe, maybe we can get Barry Robson interim manager back. I mean, I'm sort of low-key, so if that's not the official statement. I'm half, I'm half like... I was half expecting that, you know, we would just like forget to edit the uh, end of the paragraph in the statement where, you know, such and such will take caretaker charge, given that Barry's had to do it however many times now. Um, 
yeah, I think this is all. These are all interesting possibilities. They go far beyond, you know, the likes of fucking Paul Heckingbottom or whoever. That'll just be, you know, the same old, same old shite as as before. But again, you have to commit to it, and whoever this person is, they have to answer to someone to me with a degree of authority, and that's not Stephen Gunn with the best one in the world to him and. What we our next move for me will should be short term. I think I don't know what they're going to do. I really don't know what they're going to do. But for me, this should be more of a short term view of just getting us through to the end of the season, and then we reevaluate. But so far in the last two and a half years, we've not shown any semblance of knowing how to go about organizing this football club, and it'll take a mighty shock for that to change. I'm just looking through the chat again. Ian's asking about the Hecken manager. Uh, that's Permatheus Hogmore. He's actually left Hecken. He's now at Urawa Red Diamonds, who, of course, are the former club of uh, last year's hot tip, Ricardo Rodriguez. He's also got a gig as well now. I think he's ended up in, I want to say Wuhan or something like that. But um, he's certainly the Chinese leagues at all at the moment. But it's going to be interesting. This is, I think, the, the, the point. I saw somebody in there talking as well about you know, getting the idea of an interim manager to fuck or like what happens if they do really well and all this kind of stuff. But... There's, there does feel like a little bit at the moment of a time where we have to reset the club from a certain perspective because if you're about to, let's just say for argument's sake in the next couple of days, and I doubt it will happen, um, let's just say that the director of football role becomes available for somebody. Whoever then comes into that role is probably going to want to pick their manager, you know, because ultimately the director of football role should be responsible and accountable for what happens out in the pitch. So they're going to want to have a level of control over that. And that's why I am a little bit minded towards some sort of like, you know, six months period or, or to the end of the season anyway, to try and sort the shit out above the manager seat. Yeah, I tend to agree. I'm, I'm, I mean, I 100% agree with that idea. And that, again, to me, comes down to, you know, the chief exec should have the autonomy assuming that he's the kind of day-to-day running of the club is is his responsibility then that should come from from him that being burrows um my concern with this is well one thing is that you know i think cormac's largely called the shots up till now and i'd be surprised if that was to change even if it was given you know someone like burrows the responsibility i'm not sure that i've got a feeling that this club's too big for some people that are in these positions of of real decision-making power. Uh, so yeah, top to bottom, root to branch, you know, examination, investigation of the club is what's required. And that will, you that, that takes longer than a week or a couple of weeks or a couple of months. That's, you know, a six month process minimum to me. So yeah, someone, a, a steady pair of hands, I guess that's what you have to look for in the meantime. And Fuck me, maybe that is Neil Warnock. <laughs> well, it might, if nothing else, be a very box office 17 games to the end of the season with Neil Warnock in charge, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, if, anyone, if anyone does remember watching what the four-year plan, the QPR documentary when they bring Warnock in, I mean, he was yeah. pretty good value there. So I can, I would love like all the sort of player philosophy. <laughs> he would have a fucking field day with the Aberdeen philosophy. He really would. He absolutely would. Um, I'm just noticing that like Kev in the chat as well saying he doubts anyone in a job will come to us. I'm not. I don't believe that to be honest. I think even last time round, um, when there were four interviews, including Barry Robson, the three of those who were interviewed 
as far as we understand it, were guys, uh, sorry, two of them, sorry, were in jobs at the time. So I don't think people who are in jobs is necessarily a, an obstacle to this. And also, if you are looking at the Scandinavian leagues, most of them are currently in their shutdown period just now. So this is, if you're going to go to those leagues and you're not mid-season, this is the best probable time to be actually trying to look at these guys as well. I think we could potentially, uh, I think we can definitely attract managers who were in work um it's just an awkward time of the year if it's if they run to kind of our schedule um if you're wanting managers who are doing well then there's a good chance they're going to want to see out the season with their respective clubs but yeah there's clubs like in scandinavia like you say in eastern europe who run summer football so there's definitely an opportunity there and i'm sure there's going to be some decent managers out there who are currently out of work as well so i'm sure there'll be a lot of interest i'm sure we'll hear all about how many applicants we've got had by tomorrow alone and it's going to be a case of working out who's the who's the best option for the time being neil simpson an interim charge for the trip to ibrox next tuesday uh wouldn't shock me <laughs> absolute scenes if that was to be the case it's probably fair to say um listen i think probably that'll do us for now because um it feels like this has been inevitable. It doesn't feel this was a massive shock today, other than it does, on one hand, feel like a shock that they've actually decided to pull the trigger. Yeah, I think um, the last thing I'll say about Bayer Robson is that, you know, the most surprising thing about the way this season has gone is that, for me, like, Robson as a player was a guy that made the absolute most of his ability and worked harder than anyone else to take you know his his natural talent probably didn't justify the career that he had but he worked hard and you know made a career won titles played for his national team played in europe um and i'm amazed that that didn't carry over to his team and the most surprising thing of all probably is that i don't think for a second by robson the player would have accepted the way by robson the manager set his teams up to play so uh, hopefully it's a big learning curve for him i think it should be remembered that he was came in you know as a player made a big difference to us i think from both a mentality perspective and just his quality on the pitch and he's been a servant to the club for a number of years now and i really really hoped and i thought for the longest time that we'd finally cracked it so for the way that's panned out is yeah very saddening i think he could still go on to become a good manager but it just wasn't the right time it just wasn't good enough and it's the right decision for him to go Yep, no, absolutely. Very fair, Gav. Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining on the chat. Thank you for um, your contributions. It's absolutely much appreciated. The audio will be out later on once Gav gets his finger out of his backside to do it. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Episode 151 and a half of the ABZ Football Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, Gav, late on, possibly with episode 152, which was a, a much more positive and, and lighthearted show. Yes, absolutely. We are going to have a little uh, 10-year review of some uh, some good old times, our 4-0 victory over St. Johnston at Tynecastle. Yeah, absolutely. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Stand free. This episode of the ABZ Football Podcast was brought to you in association with Siberia Bar and Hotel on Belmont Street, Aberdeen. Head into the bar, quote the phrase ABZ Pod, that's ABZ Pod, for a £3 pint of Foster's, £4 pint of Moretti, or £5 pint of Fierce any day of the week, including match days. Siberia is open seven days a week, all year round, and the 
bar is located only 30 seconds walk from the nearest bus stop taking supporters to Stadium for free on match days. Come on you Reds!